Let's look in verse one. We've been we've looked at that, but let's just for a moment. If you've if you've been listening to anything from anybody, it'll eventually get around in the conversation that people are tired. And I'll admit I've you know run out of strength and and uh, you know just everybody does when we overdo or when we take on a new project or when we get in faith about something. It takes a lot of energy to get in faith about something. There's an emotional expenditure, plus there's a physical thing. But just the attentiveness. Uh, I don't know much about my phone, but I know that it really drains the battery when it's trying to, what they call, find a tower all the time or ding a tower, you know, and it just wears the battery down. Well, it, it, it can wear you down if you're always trying to ding the tower, trying to keep, if there's fear around, if there's something, you know, imminent, or if the Lord's just got you on a track. And uh, it says in verse 1, uh, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. He said, if you're going to fear, if you're going to be anxious about anything, it's not the devil, it's not the Antichrist and the mark of the beast, it's that you wouldn't enter into rest. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to be a Christian and be having to be amped up, fearful of everything, the devil, everything, people, everything, your job, everything, your kids, that you could never just sit down and say, I got this in the Lord, I'm good. He said, it's something to be feared. For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Wow, I believe that's happening. For, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. What did he say? And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. So we looked at this, that rest is not something physical like the sunset or the, the you know, looking into the beautiful pool of water, the stream and everything. That's you may, you may kick back a little bit, but that's not the rest that the Bible promises you and me. The rest that we have comes from faith that says it's finished. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it's the evidence. It is evidence. It's the title lead of things that we can't see. So if we can't see it, where well, it's not tangible, it's something that's inside. But it's as real as something that's outside. More real, actually. And so if... Uh, if you can come to an end of something with your faith, healing, I got it. I know the, the doctor, I know the symptoms, I know everything about it. It seems contrary, it seems like it's not finished, but the Word says it and I've grasped it. I've put my faith around it and I call it done. Then you can rest. And we talked about how this is the evidence, one of the evidences of knowing that you're in faith is that you do like God did after the sixth day. You rest, not because He was tired, but because it was finished. It was complete. It was consummated. It was done. And you got to come to that. you got to come to that in your finances because there will always be a battle. You, you think, well, if I just had this much money, if I had $100,000, which is not even a lot of money anymore, but you wouldn't rest with 100000 because you can't, you know, you, uh, there's boats that cost more than that. There's, 
there's certainly everything costs more than a hundred thousand that's substantial you you couldn't rest at a hundred thousand so you're making a thousand a week and it's going to take a thousand weeks to get a hundred thousand or or a, a yeah, hundred weeks excuse me two years if you didn't spend anything you can't rest at that so how are you going to rest it's futile it's it's endless you get in faith you settle it inside so our goal as believers is not to get another job or not to wait for uncle jack to finally you know lay over and say i choose my long lost nephew you know whatever it, that's not the way the way is to settle it by getting in faith. And the way we do that is faith cometh or faith arises by hearing and hearing by the word. We put the word in. We put truth in. And the truth overwhelms our, despair, our depression, our disparity, our, our contradiction. And it settles it like God settled it on the seventh day. It is finished. He said there's nothing left to be done. There's not another star that needs to twinkle. There's not another uh, amphibian that needs to be made. There's not another whatever. He said it's done, it's finished, it's complete. This thing will sail all the way. Well, we have to get that because in your own mind, you know, when I was a farmer, you never finished, you just quit. Y'all have a job like that, that you, you never just say, oh, I got done. There's nothing to do. Believe I'll go home. Nobody has that job. You just, you, just, you just wear out or you just quit. You just say it'll be here tomorrow. If you go on vacation, all of it will be there tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But you, you, we don't have that. We don't have that unfinished business that it's always hanging over us. People of faith settle it inside. And from that comes rest. It's not going to come by getting the house paid for. Praise God, pay off your house. It's not going to come from having 100000 in the bank. Put it in the bank. I say do it. And then give and be, be generous. But that won't bring you rest. Are we in here? Amen. So there's nothing out there in the world that can give rest. Nothing. And so that, we have to finish it. We have to settle it. So if you, if you think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm settling it about my body. I'm, I'm healed. And I, by his stripes, I'm healed. I've settled it. But then there's this lump, this bump, this tumor, this growth. And it just it starts talking to you. Y'all know the voice of that thing? You know, like, I hadn't seen you before, and what's this? And, you know, it's probably just, you know, too much exercise or whatever. It's too much this. But you're watching it. You're, you're paying attention. Come on, I know what y'all are thinking. You're paying attention to that little thing. Because it's not settled. It's not settled. And so you're, you're resting... You know, that, that confession I had when I was 40, Debbie and I thought we were in faith, but we were just young. <laughs> Y'all are young. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jacob's young. Barry's still young. Hallelujah. We're going to say 41's young. But uh, we thought, ah, we're in faith. Ah, we were just young. So you got to, so you got to, so that symptom, that, that pain, that twinge, that whatever, that little, that little rise on your body or whatever, it just tells you. It just is, it's, a, it's a T 
telling you. It's not God trying to tell you anything. It's, it's your faith having to come into alignment with the discrepancy. There's a contradiction. There's always a contradiction to our faith, isn't there? Because we're calling things that be not. There's the contradiction. They be not, but we're calling them that they are. So there's a contradiction. There's the physical contradiction to our spiritual expectation. And we have to settle. We're always having to settle the contradiction. Well, as long as you're always settling it, you're not going to be in faith. You're not going to be in rest. You're going to be... You, you know, you just you talk to people. I do. I talk to people that, well, the doctor said this, and, you know, we had a good report that. But that doesn't give you rest. Come on. You've got to wait until somebody said, it doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter what the report said. I've settled it. And this thing may come. This thing may go. It's going to, you know, it may jack with the radar that they're working on me and showing up this report. But it doesn't change anything. I'm going to outlast the symptoms. I'm in rest. And you just go on your way. You just go on your way because no matter what comes or how, your faith will meet it and will deliver you of it. And when you know that, now see, I, I'm, I'm that way about money. And it, it didn't come because I'm rich. It didn't come because I even had a good job. But neither of the things, but, but I've so proved God so long that I have seen, you know, the, the proverbial kitchen sink's gone by three times and there's nothing new. And so every, te- I think every test, but it wouldn't matter. He's just faithful. Even, and it wasn't just because I was faithful. I haven't always been faithful. Do I have a witness there about us, all of us? You know, but he is faithful when we're not. When we're faithless, he is faithful. And so I've not always towed the line. I've not always spoke to the mountain and said, you are a dirty dog, you got to go. Sometimes I said, wow, okay, that's how it is. That's how it is. Terrible confession. But nevertheless, no matter how it came, no matter how tight it got, no matter how the pressure was there, no matter how overwhelming it was looking that it was not going to work this time, God came through. It just, it just the Calvary came over the hill and we got it. But in the world, there was tribulation. There was tribulation. But the word says, y'all know this, and Isaiah says, no weapon formed against you. So right there, in the world, you'll have tribulation. You'll have a weapon formed. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, I've overcome it. Isaiah said, it shall not prosper. It'll, 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 it'll die unborn. Or how do you say that? It'll, not unborn, but anyway, it won't, it won't prosper. It won't get to your life. So um, let's see here, verse 11. Let's slip over to verse 11. Um, well, verse 10, for he that entered into his rest... He also has ceased from his own works, look, look, as God did from his. There's a point in time where your faith matures, it's full grown, it's, it's able to carry the load. Finances or your health or anything. And, 
And, it, and you, like God, after six days of, of speaking truth in, of settling the contradiction of symptoms and pain and reports and chemical things, and you settle it inside, then one day everything changes and lines up to what you've been saying. And everybody's surprised, except hopefully I knew it all along. You know, but what it does is even when you squeak by, you know, and you, you know you didn't do it all right. You know you were wavering. You know you were, you were vacillating in the storm. Yet at the end of it, when it turns out good, it makes you say, I'm going to not let that happen again. I'm not going to vacillate. I, it turned out good. You know, like my dad always said, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd have eaten better. Well, the same thing about our faith. If we'd have known it was going to turn out so good, we would have stayed with the program. We would have believed the Word and stayed with the Word and spoke to the problem. So we can, and we should, and we will. Let, let's, um, let's slip over to Isaiah 26. We were there a couple of weeks ago. Let's, let's slip back and just look at an Old Testament, Isaiah 26. Because these prophets, even though they're Old Testament, Old Covenant, many times the prophets would speak in a type or a, in, in a pattern or a parable or a shadow of things that, that will verify that came to pass in the New Testament. In verse 26, chapter 26, verse 3, he says things here that were not consummated until Jesus came, but he talks about the future. He said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. So he's speaking of the Lord. He's saying, God, you will keep a man in perfect peace who is that that you will keep in perfect peace? Whose mind is stayed on you. So who will God keep in perfect peace? Which is a synonym or a, 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 a type of rest. It's the man who keeps his mind on God. Now that brings me to another little thing. Let's tweak a little bit tonight. Let's just tweak our faith. I mean, y'all are in faith. Everybody in here is in faith. But let's tweak our faith. Let's go to uh, James chapter 1. Because why, why do some people, why do believing Christians, okay, let's, let's put it there. That's you and me, believing Christians. Why does it either doesn't turn out amazing, according to uh, Romans chapter 8, all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Everything's turning out amazing. But why is there a delay, or why is it sometimes even contrary to turning out amazing? It's not amazing. It's terrible. It's not good. It's hard. It's, I don't like it. It's, why is this? Well, we've got to tweak things. Because if you want to walk in the Spirit, the further you go, the narrower it gets. You can't, you can't go where we're going and live like we've been living. I'm not talking about... Yesterday, I'm talking about what it took on the road to get to here. It's, we, didn't, we didn't finally get on the interstate, and it's the same all the way. It's going to get narrower. Do you all know it's going to get narrower? As, the, as darkness comes in, it's going to take a, a, a refined faith. Just like Evelyn's going to grow up. And Matthew did grow up, mostly. I asked him, he said, yeah, I'm full grown. I'm running this household. I'm, yeah, I'm running this outfit. No. If Dad keeps acting good, I'm going to up his allowance this, this year. Amen. 
So we, we, we expect to grow up. We expect to mature. We expect to come into a sense of fullness. Well, that's the way our faith is. But do you know there's babies in the body of Christ that have been born again for 40 years, 50 years? And they got a, you look at them in the spirit and they got a, they got a thing in their mouth, a pacifier. And they're, you, you, somebody's feeding them out of a little jar with, with a baby on it, you know. Yeah, here's a piece of steak. And they just cough and sputter and carry on. And you go, well, you've been, you've been at this 40 years. But then you can take a young man, a young woman that's after it. They, they love God. They read the Word. They pray in the Holy Ghost. They, they quote the Word. They're in there. And devils are afraid of them. We've got several people that have passed through River Church that I just, you know, I just love them. Nicole, she came to town the other day. Oh, she's just booming. You know, so people like that. Well, why is it that that when we get here, we stall out or we have a a, uh, a lockdown where we're just not making progress and we we hit an old bully devil that just won't move? Well, look in James chapter one. It says in verse 23, because the word, you, it's the whole word. It isn't just one promise. Could I have an oh me if I can't have an amen? It's not just one promise. Well, I'm over on this one promise. Well, you know, there's people in here that, that are sugar. Y'all love sugar. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like sugar. Some people, though, don't eat desserts. It's like, ah. What is that? What is that makes that? Some people have high metabolism, they say. Uh, you know, and so they, they can eat anything. Very Paul. And just, and just remains felt. And then there's us that just nibble and just, you know, that thing. Well, it's, it's, uh, we're all having to, to adjust. And there's things that you and your personality have a bent towards that intrigue you, that uh, fascinate you. Some people, it's the end times. Oh, they just want to talk about the, you know, teach me, show me. I want to get a book, watch a movie on the end times. Some people, it's prosperity. You know, I need to, I want to, I want to prosper for God. I want to give. It's some people, I want to go lay hands on the sick so they'll recover. And, and they're just, they're one-sided in many ways. But you got to have the whole thing. We just can't be broccoli only. Praise God. Well, it says in verse 23, here we go. We're going to do it. Uh, well, let's back up. Let's back up to 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Now, that's a word in the word, because then he says deceiving your own selves. So there's an implication, implication here that it'd be better not to hear the word than to be a hearer. There's a danger to being a hearer with, with, with not an intention to be the doer. So we could all be sitting here, hearing the word. Oh, pastor, that's good. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's good. But having a switch in our head that says, it really doesn't matter what he says tonight. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to be what I'm going to be, and I'm going to have, I'm not changing. Now, we don't say that overtly. We don't come in and say that. Those people stayed home tonight. But we, we have a passivity that says, I'm kind of a meat and potato man. Or someone that says, I'm a salad guy. 
I just like salads. Or somebody that says, uh, you know, pork's my thing. Or beef's, you know, we just have these inclinations and these, you know, we got to do the whole thing. So here he says in verse 22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So you've got to be a hearer of the whole word. I came out of a denomination, maybe you did, that uh, very good denomination to get you born again. Every week, you nail that thing down. But there was sermons that were never preached. Even though they were complicated, we never got it explained to us. It was either ignored or it was, there was a pat answer. In other words, it was a talking point that says, here's what we, this is how we explain that. And if you said, can I ask a question? We just moved on. Do you all know that? It just means they didn't know. And they did, it didn't really fit their theology, but they were unwilling to be a doer of the word they were hearing. Well, we've been that way here, where we just ignored things. Verse 23, for if any... If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So he's saying here, you can't know who you are except by looking in the word. You can't look at the world. You can't even look at yourself in a mirror and say, well, there I am. He said, as soon as you leave the mirror, you won't know who you are. You'll deceive yourself. You'll think you know and you'll walk away and you'll do things that'll surprise you. Only by looking in the Word and seeing the reflection of who you are in the Lord Jesus can you know who you are. Because then you'll call things that be not. You'll, the devil will come or whatever and naturally speaking, the man in the mirror is going to run or be afraid. But the man that reflected out of the Word is going to say, it's not me, it's me in him. And greater is he me in him than he that is in the world. So it goes on in verse 23 and says, Whoever looketh into the, excuse me, verse 24, he beholdeth himself, goeth this way. No, it is 25. But whosoever look into the perfect law of liberty, that would be the word of God, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. So when you look in the Word, you're going to be, when you have a right attitude towards faith, you're going to be a doer of the Word you hear. This man shall be blessed in his deed. I looked up the word blessed, and you know what blessed means? It means blessed. But it means more than that. It means supremely blessed. This word means supremely blessed. It means fortunate. It means well off. How do you get well off? You are a doer of the Word you hear. Does it mean you have vast amounts of wisdom and experience and you can prophesy and you know all this and that? Nope. It just means you are a doer at whatever level. Entry level? You know, Matthew, maybe that, that's not entry, but that's, you know, or, or all the way up, whatever level you're at, the way to get blessed is to simply be a doer of the word you hear. So, why do we not always turn out amazing? Well, it's because sometimes at different times in our life, y'all can say amen in just a minute. I'm going to cue you up. We don't want to hear a word about forgiveness. We want to be ticked. And we don't want to hear that. We, you know, he did it and I tell you and I'm in and, and, and 
And it doesn't matter what the preacher preaches. It doesn't matter what the Word says. We're not letting it go until we're just good and ready. Oh, y'all, we're holy here, but we know this is it. When the Word is intended that when we hear it, forgive, we go, my, my Lord, I'm convicted to the core. I, I can hardly wait till the service is over that I must go and make this right. I'll do it now, but I'm going to do whatever's... I'm going to address this. I'm going to be a doer of the Word. But you know what happens mostly? Right over our heads. That's good. I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm willing. Prayer. There's another one. The, Lord, the Word says to pray without ceasing. Do you all know that? It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's in the Word. But we hear that and go, you know, somehow that doesn't apply, or that's not relevant, or that's just too hard, or that's just not me, or I'm a, I'm a potato guy, or I'm an exercise person, or I'm a, whatever we are. Somehow that's just not us. So we just don't change, even though there's a message or there's a scripture or there's the word about praying. And so we leave the same, and then we forget who we are. Isn't that what James said? We just, we, we can't remember who we are. Maybe giving. Oh, that's the, they're the ones that are supposed to give. It's the ones that are rich. Well, that's not what the word said. It's a percentage. And you'll never give when you're rich if you, did, if you couldn't give when you were little. Y'all remember when you just made $100 in something and, and it took 10, 10 precious. That'll buy this and this is what we can do with $10. I remember going when we were first married, going to Skaggs Albertsons in, Love, in Lubbock and getting the house brands. Back, back then it was just, they were just coming in, house brands. Otherwise, it was Del Monte and Kraft and everything, but they had a, you know, Little Susie brand or whatever that the house brand was. And we, we, I worked at Saddle Tramps and, and just made nothing. Nothing. We were going to school. Dead end. And so God doesn't expect those people to tithe or to give. Dear Lord, we're going to Skaggs Albertsons. Surely he sees that and understands. He wants us to grow up in our faith. He wants to put something supernatural in our life, and it happens when we are doers of the word. So there you are now, you're making $100,000 instead of $100. And you look at that and go, that's $10,000, God. Surely you don't expect me to, and I can do this. And it's the same thing. You never changes, does it? A percentage is just as hard then as it is. So if you don't start out when you're little, we count lots of little offerings around here. 50 cents, $1. Children's Church comes back with little offerings. I'm telling you, it's the most powerful offering in the church. Because right there, you, got, you, can, you can just see the kingdom moving as those little guys are putting in their allowance, you know, the tithe on their allowance or grandma's birthday money or whatever it is. It's powerful. They're doers of the word. And they don't do it just because, well, Lord Beth does. She comes over and money, money, you know. I said, you want money for Jesus? No, me. <laughs> so, you know, faith hadn't come by hearing the word yet. It's, uh, you know, we're analytical. And we got to quit this in the church. 
some promises, we, we all love the promises. Don't we all love the promises? We love the promises. Give and it shall be given unto you. We love the promises. But some promises seem like they have a high cost to benefit ratio. That's a rationale that all business people use. It's like, okay, what's this, what's this going to pay off and what's it going to cost us? And so that praying without ceasing, that seems like a really big cost. And I know people that have prayed, and so what is that? They look just like me, and they're praying all the time, and nothing seems to be better than me. I don't like the cost-to-benefit ratio. I'm not going to enter into that promise. And so we just pick and choose. We go down the buffet and say, this is what I want. I don't want any of that because it, <laughs> it's the cobbler at the end. It's the cobbler. It's just like it'll be gone in five bites, but you can just see it taking hold. And, <laughs> and so you're over here with the broccoli. You can eat it for an hour and a half, and it'll not do anything bad to you. Well, that's the way it is. So I, this is what I came up with. This is my whole message. Y'all just pay attention here, and you could have slept the whole time is that when we reject any of the Word, we don't intend to do it, even though we say, sure, love the Word, great Word, good Word, Pastor, good, great, but we don't intend to do it. I say, from what I've studied, that none of it works very well for us. In other words, the broccoli doesn't work because you can't get the peach cobbler to work or whatever. You just, we have to have an attitude that says, I want the whole word. Because isn't it saying to God, I don't like this word, even though this word I like because it blesses me and it helps me and I have trouble there and it's going to help me. I like this promise, but I don't like that promise. That praying and forgiving, that's for other people. I want this given, it shall be given promise. I want this, uh, they shall lay hands on me, the sick, and I shall recover. I like that promise. And I don't think it flies. I think we're, we're at a low ratio of return on the whole word because we have somehow subtly, programmably, intuitively been set into this motion to be professional sermon hearers versus faithful word doers. And I don't think it takes near as much word, as much preaching, as much teaching if we just are going to have enough where we're going to be doing what we hear. You just wouldn't have to have a lot if you were going to have to say, that's a lot of homework. We don't need a whole bunch of preaching because we're going to do all of it. We don't need a bunch. A lot of times what we'll minister here, we'll, we'll repackage the same message five or eight weeks in a row because... It's true. I mean, it is for me. You don't hear it until about number four because it just didn't fit into that way of thinking. So we'll redo it and come at it from another angle because it doesn't matter that you've heard it. It only matters if you master it. You have to master forgiveness. You can't just say, I know about it, and it worked for me once. You have to master it where it comes. It's the nature of our lives. We like Okay, I got this issue with this person, and I must completely resolve the whole issue 
as far as heaven can do it. And if you can't do it in this year, I must pray it out until it's completely done to heaven's satisfaction. The Lord told Brother Hagin one time, don't pray for him anymore. It was his sister. He said, don't pray for her anymore. Lord said, no, I've dealt with her, and prayer will not help her. I mean, I, you, you, I'm not preaching this. I'm just saying the Lord had dealt with his sister, and she had bucked up, and uh, it wasn't going to do any good. Can you imagine the Lord saying, don't pray? That means that every one of our prayers are important, and they're heaven-ordained. He doesn't want you just, just milling it out, just cranking it out. Lord, it's good to pray about anything, everything, all the time. No, we're to meter our prayers, get Holy Spirit direction, and do kingdom business with our prayers instead of just vain repetition. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have Holy Ghost-directed prayers. So I like what Pastor Webb used to say. He used to say uh, about prayer, rather than come in and pray two hours, he said, let's get in, get it done, and get out. And that way it was fresh, and that way you had a note of confidence. Instead of praying the whole world around and not knowing you got anything, you'd come in and lay hold of something and, and master it and then leave, and you'd have a note of confidence, of faith. Amen. Well, I'm going to be a hearer of the Word in order to be a doer. The reason I want to hear is because I want to be a doer, because that man is what? Blessed in his deeds. I want the shortcut to blessed. <laughs> well, Lord, I've been pretty good. Well, that's not going to get you much. Well, Lord, I didn't do bad things today. Well, we're not, we're not, that's not in our category. Lord, I came to church to hear what you have for me to do. He said, that's, that's gold star territory. I'm telling you, we're on a key right here. We're on something that's going to, it's just a tweak, but it's going to help us. Amen. 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 Well, amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to receive our midweek tithes and offerings.